Why do we think of pie as American? Perhaps because we are a country made up of cultures that eat filled dough. We talked to Stacy May Yanfong about her immigrant journey through pie. It's on tip of the tongue. Welcome to Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here today with Stacy Mayan Fong. She has lived in many places, Singapore, Indonesia, Hong Kong, and Brooklyn. She's a graduate of Savannah College of Art and Design, and she makes pies. She is author of a new book, 50 pies, 50 states. Welcome. Welcome, Stacy. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. So I want to tell you, first of all, I really loved your book. I thought it was so new and such a great idea. Uh, the idea of exploring the states pie by pie. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it's also not, it's not taking the traditional pie of that state. It's your interpretation of the state. And I love that about it. Um, I want to know how you got into pies. So I started baking pie because I was kind of in a rough spot in my life. Being 25, living in New York City, working in fashion just kind of is the recipe for disaster. And my best friend Patrick bought me the 4 and 20 Blackbirds cookbook. 4 and 20 Blackbirds is a pie bakery here in New York and they're really, really famous for the pies. I think it's the best pie in the city, but I'm also really biased because to skip ahead a little, I did end up baking at 4 and 20 Blackbirds for a little while, so very poetic. So I did a Julie and Julia style where I baked every single pie in their cookbook and I kind of taught myself how to bake pie. And I found it such a wonderful like meditative process because like living in the city, everything is so noisy all the time and like you could just kind of get lost in the act of baking pie. And there were many terrible pies before there were good <laughs> pies. But, you know, it, it's the journey, you know, not really the destination. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so obviously you like pie. I do. I love pie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to say that I thought was really interesting is that you are so innovative with your crusts you really make interesting crust. That's my personal beef with pie is that everybody's pie crust, you know, it's like there's this one iconic pie crust and that's it. Whereas I think you really match your pie with your insides really well. So I feel like what the wonderful thing about not have gone, having gone to pastry school or anything was like, it gave me like the freedom to kind of like riff on what people traditionally feel like is pie. I'm also not American. So like I kind of got to like approach this with totally fresh eyes and get like as creative as I wanted because like this is my journey. It's not anybody else's. And if someone would have done something different, then like, you know, that's your journey, not mine. So and what I love is like when a meal has like many layers of texture and the flavor is like in all the components, but they don't fight with each other. They kind of like meld really well. 
And I also grew up in two British colonies where pie for me was more of a savory thing than it was a sweet thing, which is why there's like kind of a good balance of both in the cookbook. Mm-hmm. And essentially it's so that you can eat pie for every single meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to put flavors in the crust as well, because like when you make like an all butter crust or like a lard crust, like depending on like how great your butter is, like that'll dictate the flavor, right? But like, why not um, add Old Bay to your crust? Or why not add some herbs? Or like, why not? You know, like who's stopping you? There's no pie police right. that's going to come and get you, right. you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, pie was my father's favorite dessert, any kind of pie. And so I, I'm kind of not necessarily the person who goes straight to pie myself, but uh-huh. I really appreciate pie because when he ate pie, it was a real event. You know, he ate it. He listened to the pie talking to him. He he's tasted the way it's it spoke and all of that. So he was very, very much a, a pie eater. So. I feel like that's another reason why I love pie so much is that like everybody has these like wonderful stories that are tied to pie. Like you just shared that wonderful story of your dad and pie, you know, and it's like when you look at pie and it's not even like if you wanted to eat it, like you're thinking about like wonderful memories you had watching your dad enjoy pie. And mm-hmm. like my favorite TV show was a show that got canceled, unfortunately, called Pushing Daisies. Uh-huh. And there is a pie baker in the show. And in the show, they say candy is like a rolling carnival through town. Pie is home and people always come home. And that's kind of like a synonymous way of like why I got into pie in the first place is that iconically, it's a very like homey thing Mm -hmm. in America. And like from like being a person that's like lived a lot of different places, has a really skewed view on what home actually is. Like pie kind of like tethered me to this country in a weird way, which is really nice. So I want to know how you came to not not explore the country. I understand the that story. I am half Sicilian, and so I have this huge immigrant extended family in America. But still, I have that that sense of the other and being somewhere else and coming here and starting over. And so I. I didn't do that, but I certainly heard the stories of that from Mm -hmm. all of my relatives. So I understand the exploration that this represents. Um, What I want to know is how you decided this should be a book. This should not just be my exploration, but I want to share this with everyone. So the funniest part about this was I started this project about seven years ago now, and I just did it just to do it. Like I wanted to give myself a project to kind of remind myself like why I even wanted to be here because if you've been through the visa process, if you've tried to get permanent residency or citizenship, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of paperwork, it's a lot of interviews, you question and spend a lot of money and you're just like, why am I doing this? And so I wanted something that would like, right. Like I wanted something that would like tether me here, which is really interesting. Like that I chose food because the best part about this was for each pie I baked for each state, I gave it to someone that I knew from that state. It's kind of my like grand gesture and love letter to this country. So I just did it as a project. I mean, a pipe dream would have always been a book, but I didn't think that 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 would be something that I could do. And a literary agent, my literary agent at the time, Christopher Hemelin, he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted representation. And the same time Christopher emailed me 
my now editor, Michael Serban at Voracious and Imprint of Little Brown reached out to me and was like, would you like to write a cookbook? And I never thought that I would be able to do this, mainly because like, I'm a home baker. I'm not classically trained. I'm not a writer. I, I am a design. I went to college for design. Like I designed handbags and accessories. Like it feels so crazy that I would be able to do this. But, you know, design and baking kind of go hand in hand a little bit. It's very detail oriented. So, yeah, it was honestly like chance in the universe gifting me this opportunity to share this story. And like sharing the stories of all the pies I came up with has been really fun. But I think what's really cool, too, about the book is that for each pie, you get the dedication and you get to meet all these people like through these tiny dedications that have made this place my home. Because like a home really isn't like the place or the place that you live in. It's like the people that you surround yourself with. Sure. So I feel like the pie is the gateway. And then how I make you stay is me, you know, waxing poetic about how wonderful all the people in America have been to me. So I can see your design in the pies. The pies are absolutely beautiful. I have to say when I first opened the book it just came open to your dad's cream pie and it is just the most stunningly beautiful pie and I I thought oh my gosh and then I was looking at all of the designs of of the book and I wondered how much influence you had on that did you actually serve as partial designer of the book or was that totally in somebody else's hands so I had a very clear vision of what I wanted the book to look like. I don't know whether if it was a for, you know, a benefit or a detriment how opinionated <laughs> I was because I, you know, like I am a designer. So I made all these like mood boards and color stories and like pull all these images. Like I wanted it to look like, you know, like a community cookbook and kind mm -hmm. of being anchored in like colors of like vintage Pyrexes from the 60s and 70s, but have like kind of also the vibe of like a road trip guide, like through like the national park system that they used to make or like road trips in America. And I wanted it to feel kind of evergreen and timeless, but rooted in like Americana. So like I wanted like dustier tones of red, white, and blue. And like, yeah, I, I was very, very involved. And I honestly, I couldn't have, asked for a better team that I hired. Um, Tree Abraham was my designer. She laid the book out for me and Shelby Warwood, my illustrator, did all the wonderful portraits and the like maps and all the little patterns you see in the book. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my creative team that did all the photography with me, like, and my food stylist, like my photographer, Alana, Caitlin, my food stylist and Maeve, my prop stylist, like, honestly, like couldn't have asked for a better team to bring this baby to life into the world for me. And, you know, the thing with shooting pies, especially 50, I mean, there's 58 in the book, like it's a circular thing. That's like exactly the same, essentially. Like, how can we make this interesting? And how I did that was like through prop styling with the help of Maeve. And just like, I wanted each state to like have this pie. And I wanted you to look at the photo and be like transported to that state in like lightings or items that are in the photo. And yeah, I was very anal about it, but I'm very happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, it's a lovely book and it's very fun. Even if you never make a pie, which is not gonna be the truth, but you just enjoy the, the looking through the book, the concept of the book. I just think that it is a really um, 
a really wonderful way to explore America. I, I think you hit on something really brilliant with uh, the way you've done it state by state and then have it focus on pie and not be focused on, you know, ice cream or something like that. It was, it was pie because pie has to be made in a way that ice cream doesn't. And, you know, with ice cream, it's still ice cream, but you just change the flavor. But when you mm -hmm. make a pie, you are constructing it from the bottom up. And as you say, it can be savory, it can be sweet, it has a lot more variation. So I just think pies, it's still though, contained in that container. And right. that, so it, it's not like a meal. It's, it's actually, it could be a meal, but it is contained. I, I just think it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant trope to use as a way to do this. All right. I want to talk to you about the Louisiana pie. All right, <laughs> so I, before I, you know, when I was looking through your book for the very first time, I was doing it in the order that the book is written. So I had which is, a chance, which is alphabetical, which is alphabetical yeah. by state. Yes. Yes. Because and, it made more sense for me to do it alphabetically. Someone asked me why I didn't do it in the order the states entered the union. But I was like, who knows that? <laughs> like, we know like the first and the last, right? Like, we know it's like Delaware and Hawaii, right? But like everything else in between, Come on, like <laughs> right, and then it would be almost impossible to figure it out. Well, you still have yeah. to have another guide that told <laughs> you what order they were in because exactly. it would still be alphabetical, probably. So yeah, exactly. that doesn't make any sense, not at all. And it's interesting to me that in our museum, the Southern Food and Beverage Museum, we actually explore state by state. And uh -huh. we don't just talk about the food of the South. We talk right. about how each state is different and how the geography of the state is different and the history of the state is different and, and all the food becomes different. And then you can still trace the threads that are the same at the same right. time. So I understand the idea of going state by state. That makes sense. And alphabetical makes total sense to me. I didn't even question it. It's like, yes. <laughs> good, good. Good to know. But- but it meant that, you know, to get to Louisiana, I had been through a number of pies already. So that gave me the ability to say, now, before I get to Louisiana, what would I do? Mm -hmm. I had already realized that you were not saying um, this is a typical pie from that state. So I knew mm -hmm. it would be a pecan pie. It wouldn't be a sweet potato pie. It wouldn't be that kind of pie. Or, or a pumpkin pie. It would be some kind of pie that to you represented Louisiana. So then I asked myself, what would I put in a pie? And I decided that my pie would be a crab pie. And then I found that you had a crab pie already, but it wasn't in Louisiana. No, no, it was, it was Maryland. Right, exactly. <laughs> And so I thought that one thing that I would tell you when we talked was that when the Chesapeake was so badly polluted that there was no crab, there weren't blue crabs in the Chesapeake, we in Louisiana used to ship crabs up to Maryland because they couldn't grow their own crabs. I mean, it's not to say that there were no crabs in the Chesapeake, right. but you couldn't harvest them. And they- That's so interesting. That, and so that's how many crabs we have. Uh -huh. But we 
in Louisiana, it, it's all we do is talk about partying <laughs> and we don't, you know, we don't let people know, for example, that since the 17th century, the port of New Orleans has been importing coffee for the entire nation. Nobody knows that. When you say, where's the coffee city? People say, oh, Seattle. And I'm thinking, Seattle? You don't know. You know, it's it's such a new coffee city. New Orleans right. is a coffee city forever. And I think we we are so sort of grounded in our own history here that we don't even worry about whether anybody else knows about yes. which, is, which is the best which is I feel like the best part or like the thing I found most interesting about the states and like exploring the states is that it could essentially be 50 individual countries yes. you know what I mean and yeah. everybody thinks of their state like as one unit and it's like this is the best stuff about my state and I knew that like doing this book like there would be points of contention but like I invite it and I like want to open that discussion you know we love good banter so uh -huh. yeah like it's so so interesting like now knowing that Louisiana produces as much crabs or like is a larger coffee city than Seattle you know yeah yeah, yeah. and so how did you decide about Louisiana because I I can certainly see the flirtily beignets yes. um but uh uh, Mayhaw, even though everybody knows about Mayhaw jelly, it's not like something on your table every day. And so, think, yeah, that's why I wanted to use Mayhaw jelly because okay. it's not something that's on your table every day. Uh -huh. And the first time I had it was when I visited New Orleans. So uh -huh. like, and I also knew I wanted the pie to be like excess. You know what I mean? I want it to be like <laughs> sickeningly sweet, like covered in powdered beignets and just like be a little bit of a lot, but like just enough for yourself. And I feel like that's how I feel every time I go to New Orleans. Yeah, uh -huh. like it's a lot, but it's great. <laughs> so there's a book that was written that I read, oh, this is like 20 years ago, that was about a person who went around the country and he said that every place he went, when he talked about people, it was, was about what it, what would you do? What, what do you want to do, you know, as a, as a profession kind of thing. And people would say, oh, I'm um, I'm a waiter, but I want to be an actor. Or I'm a, a shoe salesman, but I want to be a, a singer. You know, they, they always had some other thing that they didn't define themselves by what they wanted to be. They defined themselves by what they did. And okay. he said, and this person said that the only place that that wasn't true was New Orleans. Because in New Orleans, if you said, what do you do? People will say, oh, I'm a poet or I'm a musician or I'm a whatever you are. Yeah. And what you did for a living, which might have helped support whatever it was that you felt was your calling, was secondary. It wasn't the primary thing that defined you. And he said that that was he went to every single state and Louisiana was the only place where that happened. And I love that. Yeah, I, I thought that that was really, that was a, tr that was true um, because people here do think of themselves by what they believe they are, you know, what comes out of their spirit and not like, well, yeah, I work at Starbucks or whatever. And, you know, it's, it's not. You're not, I feel like what's beautiful about that is that like, you're not defined, like you're not saying like you are what pays the bills. Do you know right. what I mean? Like you are so much more than that because like 
people are multifaceted, you know, like a lot of people like have side hustles that are like outside of their regular jobs. Mm -hmm. So it's like kind of wonderful to know that people do that. You know what I mean? Like you can say like, I'm a poet, but really like, I don't know, like you work IT or Uh something, but Uh it's like, but you know, like in your true heart of hearts that you are a poet. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And so why not just tell people don't say I work IT. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so let's get back to your book because I really have been very, very impressed by all all of it. So, all right, I want to talk to you about another one and that is the North Carolina pie. So North Carolina pie, for those people who haven't gotten the book yet, which they should have, is called pulled pork pie. And so how did you decide to do that? Because it's really, really good. So North Carolina is a pulled pork pie with a cheer wine barbecue sauce, a red slaw and some hush puppies on top. And basically I had like the best barbecue of my life in North Carolina. And also going to North Carolina and spending a lot of time in Asheville um, was when I was first introduced to cheer wine. That's like another wonderful thing about America is all the regional soda. Yes. Yes. I love, love cheer wine. So I thought that. The way it's like kind of sweet, but a little bit like has a bitter undertone, it would make such a wonderful barbecue sauce. Uh And then like red slaw is very popular in North Carolina. So I was like, how do I maybe turn like a pulled pork sandwich meal into like pie form Uh and everything? I didn't want it to be all one note. Like I wanted like a little crunchy element. So I thought like hush puppies on the top would be Uh so nice. Uh to kind of like break everything up and also you can use the hush puppy at the end to kind of sop all the like extra barbecue sauce up you know yeah right right and also I I love just the idea that you've got that cornmeal in it because Uh all that is so important to the flavors of uh of North Carolina so yeah that was good that was good (laughs) did you find did you find that you had any states where there wasn't well like you do have some things that are not necessarily people. You do have the dedication there to Jane from North Carolina. Oh, North Dakota. That was North North Dakota. Dakota, North Dakota, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So there are still some states where I don't know anybody from. Uh Um, I think that's kind of exciting because then I, you know, have the opportunity to meet more people. Right. Um, So North Dakota, I dedicated it to a lady that I met in an Uber pool. What was like a Lyft share for my sister's wedding. This was like now like six years ago or something. And you know, when Lyft shares were very popular. Right. Right. Funny. (laughs) And we were uh, sitting in the car together and, you know, you start talking about pie, you know, Uh and Uh out about like her favorite pie which was sour cream and raisin which is something that sounded so strange to me but you know like I ended up baking it and like it was so wonderful and you know I found out that it was like a part of like funeral pies which were all these pies that were made um during funerals to remind people that there's still a little bit of sweetness in life Mm -hmm. even at times of grief Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's another element of pie that I really liked and learned while exploring this country through it was that there's so many pies that are tied to certain events, whether it's like funerals or weddings or the 4th of July or Thanksgiving. And even through like seasonal depressions where it's like, there's no fruit in the winter months. Like there are all these like desperation pies, which gave birth to like the chest pie or the vinegar pie or the water pie. Mm -hmm. And 
that's the thing with pie is that in no matter time of year or no, no matter how you feel, America has tried to keep pie on the table. And I feel like that's so beautiful. You know, like this one dessert holds so much power and emotional weight that no matter the time of day, year, whatever, like there's always pie. Yeah, <laughs> the there's day. always pie. <laughs> yeah. It's true. So did you wind up in the course of doing this, um, developing other pies that you didn't use in the book? I, yeah, a lot of pies. Like some states I had switched from the original project because I thought I could have done better. And alongside all the pies that would bake for the project, I would always riff and bake pies on the side too. Mm-hmm. Because like pie was just, pie's just been like a very wonderful way to like, process my feelings or like think about how if I ate a dish at a restaurant, like, could I turn this into a pie? Like, you know, it's been a really exciting journey and hopefully I got the opportunity to write a second book, but um, yeah, I'm very much happy enjoying the pies that I've made so far. So are you doing a book tour? What, what's the plan now? Yeah. So I've made several stops on a book tour on my book tour so far. And the book tour has led me to talking to wonderful people like you and I'm doing a couple book festivals, but yeah, I'm hoping to see more of the country one step at a time. I'm going to Arkansas for the first time at the end of September, which I'm really excited about. And then going to Oregon for the first time in November. So hopefully I get to check more states off my yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, that would be terrific. Yes. Yeah. And so if you have people over, is pie your 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 go-to dessert or is it depending on what, what the meal is? It kind of depends what the meal is, but it's usually pie. Like I'm on vacation right now and I'm making stops all over upstate New York, visiting friends. And at each stop, I fake them a pie. So right now I'm in Troy visiting some friends and I asked them like what they would want in a pie. And their request was peanut butter, bourbon, and banana. So yesterday I baked them a pie that was a saltine crust with a peanut butter mousse and then like a bananas foster topping on top. Uh-huh. with some crushed peanuts. So yeah, I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking, did I did, I did. Uh, okay. <laughs> always thinking about pie. <laughs> always. Okay. As long as you flamed it, I'm happy. I mean, you can't make <laughs> bananas foster topping without flaming it. Yes. No. Um, so, and bourbon, bananas, and peanut butter. I mean, that's a perfect combination. So exactly. <laughs> I handed you a gift with that they one. They did. They really did. They really did. I didn't make it hard. <laughs> and, and so, all right. So I'm, I really want to know, you've painted on several of your pie crusts and I find that really, really interesting. So is that just the artist in you saying, this is the way I'm going to decorate this pie. I'm not going to decorate it with berries or cream or something or nuts or whatever you might uh, put on top of it. You've actually painted it. Yeah, like I thought, you know, for example, for Tennessee, it's a biscuits and gravy pie, but I painted a portrait of Dolly Parton on some pie crusts because, you know, she's the love of my life. And also, you know, it was kind of fun flexing the fact that, you know, like I am a designer and I can paint. So why not translate that into food? So I would paint with either like beet juice or espresso. And like, yeah, it's just kind of fun. You don't have to do it to make the pie. It's just like another fun element to kind of think outside the box of like what you can do with pie. 
Uh And also you eat with your eyes first, right? And eating Dolly Parton might be a bit strange. It was a bit strange for me, but like, you know, it's pretty fun. Yeah. 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 I, I like the, I like the painted pies. I especially like the little lobsters painted. um, Oh yes. For Maine. (laughs) Exactly. That was, uh, I I thought that was really, I actually thought, oh, this would be a great fabric. (laughs) And then, yeah. Yeah. I did do textiles in college. I was a textile designer. So yeah. yeah. I, I, I just thought, oh, I could have a dress made like this, you know, or some <laughs> kind of thing like that. It I I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, especially after it was cooked. It was yes. just that look that was really, really great. I love that. Um, so I'm I'm really interested in knowing um where you're gonna be, how people can get the book, all of those kinds of things, especially if somebody is interested in getting a signed copy of the book. So they're gonna follow you and find out where you're gonna be and track you down. So tell me. Love. So I'll be at the Morristown Book Festival in New Jersey in October, but before that, I'll be in Little Rock, Arkansas at the I think it's called the Two Bridges Book Festival. And yeah, if you want a signed copy. Word bookstores in Greenpoint, New York, in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, um, will get you a signed copy. And yeah, but if you prefer to buy it, it's available wherever books are sold. And yes, get a copy, find out what I did for your state. And I'd love to know if I got it right or wrong. And yeah, the best way to keep in contact and like all my pie adventures would be following me on Instagram at 50 pies, 50 states. Okay. Well, all of that sounds just really, really terrific. I want to know which pie, and I know you probably changed your mind about the answer to this question, but what is it today? What is your favorite pie in the book? My favorite pie in the book today. Hmm. This is really tough. It's like picking your favorite child. Um, I'm sure it changes day to day. Yeah. It's not, I feel like because it's almost lunchtime here and I'm kind of hungry. I would say it would be the Brooklyn pie. I baked a pie baked. I baked a pie based on my bagel order. And it is a poppy seed crust, a scallion cream cheese, like quiche-like center. And then on the top is lox, onions, and thinly sliced lemons. Mm, that sounds really, really great. You eat the whole lemon. Yeah, it's like just thin slices and kind of the bitterness of the rind and how tart the lemon is kind of offsets like how rich everything else is. So yeah, it's a really nice experience. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I actually do a thing where I, I shave uh, lemons on a, a mandolin and then I put them in a jar with olive oil. Ooh, yum. Then later, you know, after two or three days, you take them out and you can put them in salad or where, and it's a great garnish. So I, I'm, I'm into eating a whole refreshed lemon. Yeah. yeah. So that's- I'm definitely doing that olive oil lemon jar thing when I get home. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you so much, Stacey. This has been a whole lot of fun. And I hope everybody, everybody can find your book. I'm sure they can find it anywhere. And I just really want to tell you how much I enjoyed, I enjoyed your book. It's just terrific. Thank you so much. This was so wonderful. And I'm so glad that me writing a book about pie brought me to you. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. You too. Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue, a part of the Nitty Grits Network of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. Subscribe to this and other food and drink related podcasts at southernfood.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If you want to keep up with me, Liz Williams, you can subscribe to my Substack newsletter, also called Tip of the Tongue, for more information about this podcast, recipes, and just what is going on. I'm Liz Williams. Thanks for listening.